0: Of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition to the Best Practices Show podcast. You ever thought about how time is moving so fast and how I can slow it down and make better connections with patients? Well, today I bring on a good friend of mine, Nader Sharifi, and we talk about 17 summers or 16 summers or 18 summers, whatever number you want to use, and how you can create greater connections with your patients and your team with emotional intelligence. So make sure you guys listen up. I know you'll enjoy it, and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. I love this because I get to hang out with great friends of mine in dentistry to share concepts or ideas and stories to help you create a better practice and a better life. And this whole time issue, it's one of those things that you're always learning about time and how to best use time. And we're going to be talking about how do we use our time and how it relates to emotional intelligence, intelligence with Nader Sharifi. And so thanks for being on brother. I appreciate you.
1: Oh, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you so much, Kirk. I appreciate you as well.
0: Yeah. So I always, you know, one of the fun things about this is I get to take CE for a living and I've watched you do what you do. It's amazing. And, um, we came on, we did a little bit of a pre-show, um, you know, just chat, just to check in, see how the summers are going. And you came up with this idea of what we're going to be talking about today. And so I'm going to hand the controls kind of to you and we'll go back wow, and forth good. if that's cool. But uh, let's let's start here. I want people to know who you are. I have a lot of young listeners now. This is so much fun because we're spending a lot of time in dental schools. And um, if somebody's never heard of you, I want you to tell a little bit of your story. What do you do? Um, who are you? Like, give us a background. Sure.
1: Very good. Well, you know, as a am a prosthodontist. I'm in Chicago, Illinois, and uh, I spend an awful lot of time teaching because I really love to teach. Uh, I have no interest in showing that I'm a good dentist. Uh, that is within me, and I don't worry about it. So uh, I teach in uh, mechanisms that are a little bit unique because often when I'm in a course, all I'm seeing is Uh, a case after a case after a case, and I'm not learning how to do that case. I can tell that that's a talented dentist, but he's not teaching me how to be one as well. Uh, So when I teach, I strictly want people to learn how to be a good dentist. And it gives me, because I'm able to do that, I've gotten the opportunity to be busy as a teacher, just like you're so capable of connecting with us. Uh, individually, as dentists and our staff, and helping us to learn and to grow—that uh, makes you so popular and busy as a speaker uh, on your own end. So it's the same kind of thing. Uh, so I teach on endo, how to restore endotreated treated teeth, uh, restoring implants, managing implants, partially edentulous cases, fully edentulous, single tooth cases. Um, but I also do courses on dentures and partial dentures, and you know, very. Um, uh, topics that aren't necessarily broad-based is where I like to find myself I, I like to find myself in those dusty corners and then I like to make them really shine yeah. that's my goal
0: well yeah. goal achieved because you are Thank an you. excellent educator and every single time we we've, we've had you uh, in the community or and people are just like wow that was spot on and yeah. Bill Robbins is one of the best because he tells the truth you know he'll go okay that was Phenomenal. And uh yeah. he yeah. he is
1: he, he's a great educator.
0: Oh, he's just great. Phenomenal. You know, so good, good, good. So take us through the the conversation today. Where are we going today? You
1: sure. you can well, you know, I woke it. up today. I woke up this morning and I noticed that all these kids were going to school with parents and grandparents.
0: Yeah.
1: And I thought that was so unusual. And I looked and I realized it's the last day of school today. So For all these families around here, it's one of their 17 summers. One of their 17 summers that you talked about all those years ago is kicking off right now. And so I was wondering, Kirk, how many summers do you have left with your kids?
0: Yeah. And so you're making me count them. Now, to anyone who's listening, I have four children. Sarah and I have been blessed. We have a 22-year-old, a uh, 20-year-old, an 18-year-old daughter. And so those are my three daughters. And then my son is 15. He's a freshman in high school. So um, like you, my oldest graduated from college and my third daughter is graduating from high school. So if you were to ask me exactly how many summers I would have to count it up, I have none left with my, you know, graduating high schooler, but I'm always optimistic there'll be more. Now, let me go back to the 17 summers. Because you shared this with me. It's summer. It's amazing. Now, this is not a concept I came up with. A mentor of mine shared it with me after my daughter was born, and he said 16 summers. Now I've seen my mentor many times. He's like, I didn't say 16, I said 18. And and so I'm like, no, you said six. It doesn't matter if it's 16, 17, 18. There is a speaker out there. He's there's actually somebody that uh Wrote a book on 18 summers, but somebody called me yesterday and said 17 summers. The concept is the same. You only have so many summers and you want to utilize them as best you can. And so it's not that they're completely gone, but I think, would you agree, the 16 set up the next 16. My hope is I've done a good enough job that they want to be with me in the remaining 16 summers. How do you see it?
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You use those 16, 17, 18 summers to get the boomerang to come back, Right. you know, and when that when that child graduates from college and they look at their opportunities, if one of their opportunities includes coming back home, some people might view that as a negative. Others view that as a positive. But if it, nothing else, it's an opportunity on both sides of that to say, now we have an opportunity to have some time together. We have an opportunity to impart more wisdom, to learn more, connect more. There's, there's opportunity on the positive. Uh, and uh, if that kid didn't enjoy those 16 summers, that, that opportunity might not be there. So, yeah, you're valid. That's, that's true. It earns you the next 16
0: chances. Yeah. It's funny you're saying that because I feel like you're like looking into my house right now. Cause Kinsey our 22 year old graduated from university of Wisconsin. Very grateful. So she's home now. And she said this, she goes, this isn't, this isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like I actually enjoy being with you guys. And she went to dinner with us. And, uh, and so it is fun having her back just for a little bit. And, um, I, I totally agree. Now back to the why, if you're listening, um, to this podcast. This is one of my favorite subjects because of a lot of different reasons. Like you're provoking some emotion for me today, sure. my friend, you know, time is the new rich. I think everybody, you know, time goes fast. I'm 53. So how old are you in 59,
1: 59.
0: So you know, this, like, uh, I, I make jokes about it, but I'm on the back nine, you know, I hope I'm at the turn. And, uh, it goes fast. It goes faster. The older you get. The coolest thing about dentistry is there's no rules. You can make the rules. Or if you're lucky enough to get around mentors, and I'll tell one backstory that I shared with you. The speaking sure. thing is weird. I It's very fun and it's very, it opens up the door for opportunities, but if you don't see it clearly, it can take you down some paths. And one of my mentors, John Cranham. John, if you're listening, about 20 years ago, he grabbed me at a Dawson Academy event. He's like, come here. And I'm like, what? He's like, listen, I want you to hear a couple things. Speaking doesn't go like this. And I'm, if you're watching the video, it's a gradual thing. Speaking goes like this. It's like an, a straight up thing. Because if you're, if you're educating an audience and they're enjoying it, you're going to see it's going to, you're going to get more and more requests to do that. And he said, I want you to do a couple things. I said, what? He says, I want you to block off your summers. I'm like, completely? He goes, yes, there's nothing to do in the summers. Don't go anywhere in the summers. And, you know, I was younger then, so I didn't really listen to him. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then he also said, you know, um, say no to meetings on Saturdays and Sundays. And so after that, I had one lecture on a Sunday, and I'll never forget it. It was a huge room. There's like a thousand chairs. I'm like, wow, this is going to be amazing. I'm like, 11 people showed up. And I, I left my family to do all that. And what you, learn at those moments is like somebody's trying to help you. And John calls me almost every May and he always says this, you cooked yet? And I'm like, I'm cooked. And he's like, enjoy the summer. So how, what's your experience been in the ed- on the education side and even dental side?
1: Well, I, you know, it, it has been very true like that. The opportunity of uh, speaking is totally exponential. It's not linear. You're right about that. And with setting limits, you create an opportunity to earn more stories to tell. If you're out speaking every day, you're not learning the stories of being at home, being with your family. And for me, I'm not in the office treating patients. I'm not having those experiences to share. It can't be just time on the road. It has to be, for me, clinical work in the office to generate the knowledge and the experience and the techniques to be able to share. So uh, there has to be a balance with it. And I I was able to achieve that uh, a number of years ago. And uh, I travel and teach every other Friday. Uh, And uh, I get asked to teach, like, I got a recent request for a Tuesday evening. Well, I have to close Tuesday and Wednesday to be able to do that. And so, no, I really can't do that. Could I physically do it? Yes. Should I? No. So, yeah, there's there we have to have limits to it. But I don't mean to withhold, and I know you don't either. It's just we need to bring our best self to the podium when we're there. And, you know, to that essence, I want to bring my best self to my patients. And that's where I wanted to talk about a little bit of emotional intelligence. I was in a class a couple of weeks ago, and the speaker was talking about connecting with patients and was adamant, don't talk about yourself. You're wasting time. Whenever you talk about yourself, you're missing the opportunity to learn about your patients. That's a huge mistake, don't do that. And I thought about that and I couldn't agree. I was disagreeing. I'm not saying I couldn't agree more. I was disagreeing. I've had patients give me wedding gifts birthday gifts. I had patients buy me gifts when my children were born. Uh, It it shocked me to start to receive gifts from my patients. I get letters from my patients and and that's a a shock as well. But when they go out and purchase something for me after having paid me for doing these services really stood out. And those came because they got to know me. Those came because of that relationship. And I could know them. And if they know nothing of me, they wouldn't be participating with me in that way. And so I do think that there's an absolute necessity that that speaker was sharing with me that I need to get to know my patient. But at the same time, I should be sharing with them who I am so that if I'm going to be able to have this emotional, intelligent connection with them, I'm affording them the opportunity to have it back with me, Yeah. okay? I'm not an endodontist. An endodontist sees the patient one time, maybe a post-op, there's one hour with them and they're done. You know, for me as a prosthodontist and for all the general practitioners out there, we're in this for the long haul. And getting to know these patients well is really important and uh, uh, beneficial to them. So it's, it's unusual uh, how we would do this, but we have the opportunity to be able to exhibit really high emotional intelligence. And this is a wonderful topic under this forum, Kirk, because you exemplify the term emotional intelligence, you know, this opportunity to be able to know your emotions, the emotions of the people around you, and how you try to get us to understand our staff better, to understand our patients better, and to identify who is the energy sucker out there and uh, to be able to have that. Uh, idea, um, you gave us these these books in the past. The uh, the energy bus was one of them, and uh, uh, how much fun we get off of that. This is what you do on a regular basis, and I hate to have that as my topic, but it is just something that I have had a journey on, and it was this idea of the course I had just taken a couple weeks ago that made me feel like. I want to I want to share some positives on this and some things and how this works well.
0: Yeah. Well, you're very kind. You're making me blush right now. And uh, I can tell. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'll I'll say this. The first thing is this industry is very, very noble. You know, you get to meet some incredible people. Um, And as we're learning together, the the emotional intelligence couldn't agree more. I think the one thing I've tried to do as much as possible as I learn, I want to pay attention to how this is impacting other people, even at the age of 53. Like, follow me for a day. You'll be underwhelmed Um, because there are things I say in my house that I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. Like, why did I say that? You know, I wish I could take those that sentence back because its intention and its impact weren't the same. But I think the in, at the end of the day, you got to give yourself some permission to forgive yourself and say, okay, listen, I'm a human being and I'm learning every day. And I think if I keep re- repeating the mistakes, that's one thing. But if I can learn from them, I can grow. Now, the other sure. thing I, I would say just about the education too, is I love borrowing. I, you know, Bill Robbins, the campfire, leave the campfire in better condition than we found it. I use it all the time. The 16 summers, the energy suckers, none of that stuff is my own. I just really love learning and I I think it's okay. And I'll ask you this, like part of, part of what we're doing as human beings or as clinicians is, you know, if you can stay in the growing phase and Pete Dawson was one of my favorite, I'll just go back to some of my favorite lessons I've learned the past Dr. Dawson, when I saw him, I was 24. He was 64. And at the end, I said, Dr. Dawson, I, I have really enjoyed this. Is What advice would you give me, you know, embarking on this career dentistry? He's like, well, it's huh? a good question. And he, I'll never forget what he said. He said, I would never tell myself I have it all figured out. Even at 64, I don't have it figured out. I learned so much from these kids and other dentists and it's really fun. It keeps me engaged. So Kirk, if you stay in dentistry, don't ever say you have it all figured out. The learning is like, that's when the fire happens in your belly. You feel connected with people. And so, and, and you can feel this even with patients, you know, when the electricity is going back and forth and it, it, it probably warms your heart, doesn't it? Sure.
1: It does. Yeah. absolutely. yeah, absolutely. And we have that opportunity, you know, numerous times a day when every patient sits in our chair. We have that opportunity numerous times a day when we go into the hygiene room and check a patient. And you know, one of the key elements of emotional intelligence uh, is the first five minutes we spend with someone. Well, what if you only get five minutes with them? You know, that hygiene exam from hello to goodbye. Is around five minutes. And so if we do not express that we are engaged with them, that we are present for them, that we have empathy for them, we have knowledge about them, but we want to learn more, we're failing in that five minutes of being able to make that connection and make them want to schedule that next visit to see us again in another three, four, or six months uh, and return and do this all over again. Um, It's, they don't have to come to my office. They drive by numerous other dentists before they park and come to my office. And that's true for all of us. Yeah, if there's enough dentists out there, we we do not see patients that only live next door. They drive by other practices to come to ours. We should never forget that.
0: Yeah. Go back to the five minutes. I love what you just said. So if I'm a young dentist listening, what it, Help me with the five minutes. What have you learned in all these years of growing a great relationship-based practice about that five minutes and what's important to you as a clinician?
1: Yeah, I think that one of the the best things that we can do is to know that a mistake I made was I thought that having deep, complex, and in-depth knowledge of the history was more important than the now. And I thought that that was a big deal. And I learned that that's certainly helpful, but more important than me knowing about that patient's three years ago history is me knowing what's happening right now. And so rather than walking in with something that's uh, very intricate and involved and shows that I know who they are, walking in and saying, so... What's 2023 meaning for you so far? And they kind of, even they've heard it from me before, they're like, Yeah, well, um, yeah, I got a new job. And all I need to do is tell me about that. All I need to do is just ask that one simple question to let them open up more about that. It's not for me to think, Oh my gosh, I remember when I got to go. I need to have it be some time to be able to share more, to get deeper into that uh, that first uh, uh, peeling of the layer of the onion. And it's and it's simpler questions that are totally open are significantly better than the more complex ones. Yeah. And the, the more complex ones have too fine of an answer that's also very short. Yeah, the more simple questions have a more broad answer that can be extremely long. And I'm going to stand there and we built our office with our sinks in front of the patient so that I could talk to them while I washed my hands and use that as a part of my five minutes with them. I didn't want to be washing my hands behind their back where they couldn't see me. I wanted to do it directly in front of them and interact with them so I can turn and uh, create eye contact with them and express my uh, facial expression of wonderful, a new job. Tell me about that and, and see how they line up and go. Yeah. It's simple.
0: I love that. I love that. So our, our good mutual friend of ours, Steve Carsonson, was on a little while ago and uh, talking about that exact concept. I'll share a story with you that supports exactly what you said. Okay. Um, part of my learning was I tried to be an actor in LA and my wife who I was dating at the time, supported me. And I got into the Groundlings Comedy Club out there at the first level. Now, I I can have fun, but what I realize is, number one, these people are wildly talented and very funny. But when you do improv, if you're listening to this and you've ever done improv, it's wonderful training. Because improv, you cannot put anything on your brain. You can't go into improv with an agenda. Actually, great improv, is listening. So you, and you can't negate anything. So if you and I are doing improv and you go, Hey, there's a gorilla on your shoulder. I can't go. No, there's not. I can go. Yes, there is. And his name is Frank. So you have to go with it. And what you have to do is you have to be, it teaches you to be in the moment, extremely in the moment to the point where, um, and I'm not the best focuser, but you have to focus on what's going on, with everyone else and you have to respond to their responses. And uh, I still think about that today. Like today I'm going to go to the brewer game with a bunch of my friends. And I told you that your favorite people you've ever been around, you don't have an agenda. You're just like, they tell you, hey, I went on a trip. Where'd you go? Like, I love that, you know, type of a thing. And so same thing applies in your professional life. I think when you can come in, and I do the same thing here when I walk into Act Dental, I go to every room left to right. And they're, I go, what's up? And they go, you should drink decaf. And so uh, <laughs> there's no agenda. There's no, hey, it's just, uh, it's wonderful. You can really enjoy being a human being. And the, you can feel the connection happening faster faster and faster. So
1: yeah, and and the way that you just said that is the other half of of our uh, agenda with emotional intelligence. Certainly, it's very beneficial in that first five minutes with our hygiene patients. And when we start our restorative procedures, but also with our staff, and that first five minutes with our staff, and I've got a, a chronically late staff member, and I tell her you miss out Mm-hmm. you miss out on that first 5 minutes because we're in huddle and you come in late and nobody gets to connect with you. We never get to hear about what your day was like. We don't get to find out what your dinner was last night. We're we're, we're already past that. That first 5 minutes is gone when you show up late. But that's the negative side of it. The positive side of it is everybody else when you see them, that's our opportunity to reconnect and it's a new day. And it's like picking up your kids from school. When you pick up the kid from school, that first five minutes of them in the car or walking home from school, you're going to get so much more out of them than your spouse will when you show up at home and they're like, how was your day? I just went through it all and I'm not doing it (laughs) again. You know, they're done. That's it. Now they're that quiet teenager with their laptop or their phone and they're connecting with their kids. But those first five minutes and Kirk, I don't know if you got it. My my oldest just graduated college as well, like you mentioned. And I got to pick her up from the airport and it was the best drive home ever, ever. Why? Tell us why. Because of that. It was her first opportunity to share what's it like to be done, to come home, to have these dreams unfolding in front of her and these opportunities. And, you know, this is what's happened since the graduation ceremony. And this is some ideas of what I'm trying to do. And and it's just, it's that excitement, that effusive energy comes from that moment. And then I hear later on, that she gets into an argument with her mother because her mom wants to get this information and it's just not as easily forthcoming. And all the same stuff I got in that car ride Mm -hmm. just wouldn't come out of that same spout. No matter how hard you twisted those nozzles open, it just wasn't flowing out again. Yeah. So it's that first five minutes is important for us, it's important for the giver as well.
0: Yeah. Another thing too, wouldn't you agree Like the safety of a space, everybody uses the word vulnerability now, and I really love it. And I wouldn't tell you I know exactly what that means. You just get glimpses of it. And, you know, you're always working to it. They're magical moments, either with a team or with a patient, when you both have mutually created a space where we can throw anything in it. And I'm going to tell you, you know, sometimes I share things at work. I, I'm like, I don't think I've told anybody else this. And, but you can trust that information with those people, no different than your daughter being in the car. You know, I think it's important to understand that we can influence that space of safety, don't you think, with patients, team members, family members?
1: Absolutely. And and but now you're making the transition from emotional intelligence into emotional intimacy. So adding vulnerability and adding safety is increasing empathy levels. And this this is a little bit deeper than maybe some would be comfortable doing with their patients per se. But if we can do that with our staff, Absolutely. You can do significant relationship building and we should all be doing that with our spouses. Absolutely. Uh, Emotional intimacy levels of, of showing vulnerability and uh, being available to them in their needs is really important. And it just reminds me of a story. If I could share one here, it was talking about these differences with my family during COVID on Zoom. And so My three sisters, their spouses, my parents, myself, were all on Zoom and talking about this stuff. And I talked about how emotional intimacy was really about listening more than anything. And the the best answer could be, like I shared earlier, well, tell me more about that. I said, so if somebody comes to me with a problem, my best answer is, tell me more about that. And my brother-in-law said, well, what if I can fix it? I said, well, (laughs) you see, if if my sister comes to you and she's got a problem, he's like, yeah, but if I can fix it, I said, hold on, (laughs) if she's got a problem, you have to ask her if she's looking for a solution or if she's just trying to vent and get it off of her chest, she might not want your solution. He's like, but I can fix it. And he's getting (laughs) agitated. And it's like, all right, you've got to pull that back. And that's a part of our emotional intelligence, which is self-regulation. Can I keep myself from spouting off when that staff member walks in late yet again? Can I prevent my anger from coming out? That's my regulation of my ability to say, this is not the time, this is not the place, I have to control my emotions. And I can usually do that. But if she then says, wait a second, I missed this whole what are you talking about? I'm going to do this. What? And she starts to complain. Whereas that was all covered. That was in huddle that she missed. That's harder for me to self regulate. So we're all good at self regulating under certain circumstances, and less so under other circumstances. And so my brother in law has to work on his self regulation, because all he wants to do is fix the problems. Oh,
0: my gosh,
1: our emotional intimacy says, you know, ask the question, what would you like me to do? Are you, are you venting? Would you like to discuss solutions? What can I, how can I support you? That's another one. How can I support you? Uh, a great follow-up.
0: Yeah. Well, you're, you're going to turn this into a personal therapy session for me because yeah, I don't mean to do no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> no, you're calling out something out That's, that's a huge challenge for me. Self-regulation, because I am extremely opinionated. I I'm not a great fixer like your brother-in-law, but like I can fix a few things. And so I have to work really hard and not talking. And it's funny you're saying this because one of our great coaches here, her name is Miranda and Miranda, she gave us an acronym. So the the acronym is WAIT, WAIT, like W-A-I-T. So you guys should use okay. it why am I talking? We should use that acronym all the time because sometimes I'm talking just to get attention to me. Sometimes I'm talking just to divert the energy. Sometimes I'm talking just because I want to hear my own voice. Sometimes I'm talking because I have the solution. But if you're emotionally intelligent enough, and we actually just shot a video this week, we actually went to a street corner. You'll love this. Oh. That oh. that uh, Andy, our video producer found that we pressed the little button. It goes, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and so it's a fun acronym. Try to use that this week. Why am I talking? You can even create signs in a dental office to say, Hey, listen, wait, why am I talking? Because if I open my mouth and I'll piggyback on what you said, my first inclination at this stage of the game is to ask a question. It should be to ask a question to first understand before being understood. Right.
1: I'm yeah. put,
0: uh, Look at these. I'm putting all my best lessons together in this, but yeah. wouldn't you agree? Like you, Do you have any tips for self-regulation? Because I need them.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have one very good tip for self-regulation. Please. My self-regulation improved dramatically when I treated my sleep apnea 15 years ago. Why? Because I was getting bad sleep. I was irritable. When my sleep improved, my irritability went way down, my ability to manage my own emotion is way more important before I could try and understand anybody else's emotion. You know, what's the phrase? uh, You cannot be loved until you love yourself, something along those lines. And it's the same thing. You couldn't understand someone else's emotions if you can't control your own because your own are clouding you so much, it's difficult to figure out what's happening around you.
0: Yeah, that
1: is so true. My sleep improved my ability to self-regulate improved, but it's still difficult. I am still my father's son. My father's my father's emotional control was very poor until he hit about 80. Now he's 91 and he's a teddy bear. He's so much fun to be around, you know, but he was really rough for a, a, a go there yeah. still loved them still learned so much from them but you didn't want to make that mistake in front of them
0: yeah that's a great podcast yeah. in itself before sleep and after sleep so 13 years now since my diagnosis with sleep apnea jeff rouse has wanted to do so many things to my jaw, but i i've been through ortho three times i actually sleep with a cpap uh and i have and what i did it, you, you're just provoking a lot of emotion because I actually started dreaming at the age of 40, probably for the first time in 20 years. And they were lucid dreams, like wild ones of elephants and being in the woods. And, and you're right, when you can sleep better, you can manage your emotions better. I wasn't so quick to respond. I felt less tense in my upper upper torso. I mean, I, there's multiple, multiple benefits, but the physical improvement certainly made an emotional improvement. And you probably see that in patients all the time.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's true. And then, of course, so one of the other things you talk about is you work out, you earn your shower, you, you, you burn off excess energy in those ways. Whatever you can do to create the calm environment of yourself is the way to be able to self-regulate a little bit better. So, I mean, there, there's, there's no doubt about it. And then the more we learn, I mean, the more we learn about emotions, Um, the more we learn about our staff, I mean, I, I learn about, uh, our, my employees and what keeps them from, uh, getting in and out of the door and what stresses them at the end of the day and how they want to get home and what they're facing when they get home. You know, one of my staff members, her, uh, husband travels and when he's around, she's chill when he's gone, she's extra stressed. And that, that impacts us. Well, my understanding that for her helps me to know, you know, who's around this week, who's not around. Uh, and uh, so there's, there's multiple influencing factors for us to use this emotional intelligence and help us run our office with our staff, run our practice with our patients.
0: Yeah, I want to go back to something you also said that is so good. Uh, you also mentioned how can I best support you today? And I love sharing great tips. Uh, but Bernay Brown who is probably one of the best speakers in the world. At the ADA, if you heard her speak, she gave this nugget to everybody in the audience. There were thousands of people in the audience. She said, one of the best things you can do with the people around you is do a quick check-in. And the quick check-in ends like this. What does support look like from me today? I love that. I mean, it speaks to- From me today? From me today. If I were to support you, what would that look like? What does support for me today look like to you? Because I, yeah. I might have an, an idea, but you might say, no, I just need you to give me a little space. You know, a little pat on the back might help. Hey, I might need a little time because we can't assume, you know, and right. just by asking the question, it sets the, the conversation up for a whole, a whole different, you know, level of understanding. So it's good stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Buddy, this is awesome. Yeah. I have Go so what other thoughts, any last thoughts you have on things that you've learned to create better connection, emotional intelligence, emotional intimacy, bring us home. What are some of your last thoughts?
1: Yeah, I, I think the best thing, you know, you talked about, it sounds like a therapy session. Um, it, maybe, maybe that's what we need. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, Josh Austin did his program uh, and shared the discussion about uh, being a employee at the pharmacist and how his mom needed some help getting her meds under control and he was helping her with, with all of her medicines and everything like that. And he, he brings it into full circle about how he lost his father, his mother was depressed from this, how it, of course, he was depressed from this, but his mother's not there for him. He tells this story and opens this up and opened up his heart to all of us with a vulnerability that was unbelievable. Yeah. And I have to tell you, that was the best course I've sat in, best speaking I've heard from anybody in a long time because of that vulnerability and opening up on that. And we sat down afterwards. And had some discussions in a group. And I was like, how many people here are in therapy? And I was the only one. And I was shocked. And I was like, why aren't we as dentists seeking more therapy?
0: 100%. Oh, my gosh.
1: We're on an island. We're alone. We're working in a wet, dark environment where everything fails. Yeah. The best dentist in the world. Their dentistry will fail. The patient lives long enough, that dentistry won't last. It's going to fail. So, under this environment, who wouldn't need a little bit of extra support? So, Brene Brown, great resource. Reading and doing self therapy, wonderful first step. Yeah. Speaking to a therapist, excellent. Can do it via Zoom from your kitchen, from God's sake! From now on, it does. You don't even need to go into the office uh, to go where you want to go uh, and meet with somebody. But I do think that if there's a last thought, uh, it was not my intention. This did become kind of like a a session that would be considered uh, therapeutic. But yeah, if we're going to say that this is seeming like that, then let's make it like that and Love go it. all in and say, go get some therapy. That'll hey, be my last thought. I I I
0: we might create a whole new segment. Just call it, you know, vulnerable therapy type of a thing. I'll say two things on what you said, Josh. Absolutely. Josh is one of my heroes because Josh went first and he has helped so many people through the use of his story. He is super transparent, um, extremely vulnerable, and it's powerful to be the recipient of that education. I am going to encourage you guys to check that out. And I do agree with you 100%, like therapy is a, an awesome benefit to so many different people because self-talk is the worst kind of talk. Self-talk, some experts agree that 80% of self-talk is negative. You never self-talk, you're, you're like, hey, I love myself, yeah, I'm good. No, it's, you're constantly like in a negative space. And I'll tell you, as a person who talks a lot to himself. If you don't talk to someone, it bubbles up. It bubbles out of your mouth. And I've shared this a lot. My son will say, dad, your lips are moving again. And I'm like, really? He's like, what are you saying? I'm like, you don't even want to know. So whether it be a coach, a therapist, a leadership team, you have to have somebody where you can talk or I will tell you that conversation goes around in your head and it only becomes almost like more toxic garbage that you can't, you have to have a release of that. So I completely agree. And uh, I have so many amazing dentists at all different ages. Like you might think it's for the young. No, it's not. It's for all different ages. And some of the highest producers I coach, actually the highest producer I've ever coached of all time. Sees a therapist on a regular basis and he's like, it is so important. Are you kidding me? Because you become so focused on certain things and you've got to have some type of, you know, titration process for evening out those pressures, whether they be emotional, physical, whatever. So, buddy. I love this. We're going to do a regular yeah. session, but uh, yeah. let, <laughs> let's do this. I want people to know how to find you. Now, I'm just going to say this. If you're a listener, you have a study club and you haven't had to dare out to speak to your study club. You are missing out. This guy is an amazing educator. One thing I will say about you, actually 10 things, is you bring extremely practical things people can use right now. Like it's not pie in the sky. I watch people write during your lectures and they're like, I could do that today. I actually could start that Monday. I've heard somebody say this, that's going to save me like a whole hour, a month, just that alone. So I would just encourage you guys to reach out and follow them. What else? If I'm listening and I want to find out more about you, where do I go?
1: Oh, that's difficult. I'm not a social media guy. (laughs) I, 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 I'm not, I mean, uh, I, you, I'm sorry. I don't know where to go. Um, how about this? You go, I'll to put- act go to act dental U, and you, and you, and you look at the videos there. Yeah. Um, you know, you, 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 you connect to me through uh act dental and, and, and we figured out that way you you go to drsharifi.com. I mean, here's the crazy thing. My, my middle daughter's on the no fly list because of her name, but I got drsharifi.com. So we get the positive with the negative And, uh, and so you can, you can go to the website pretty easily for me. <laughs>
0: That's so cool. So I'm going to put, if you, with your permission, I'm going to put your email into the show notes. Is that all right? Absolutely. Was, Absolutely. I, I'll also put this in there. Uh, I'll, we're going to put one of your courses down. You can watch it for free just as a gift. Oh, wonderful. And uh, just to see how brilliant this man is. And I know you guys will enjoy it. So you can click down there, check it out. I know you guys will enjoy it and uh, make sure you reach out to him to learn more. But thank you, my friend, for being on and sharing this great thought. Thank you. Dude, you're the best. I've
1: enjoyed it very much. All
0: right. Well, stick around. We'll say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practice Show podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed today, just keep doing what you guys are doing. Share this with your friends. And if you need additional help, reach out to us. Reach out to... You know, um, we've got everything in the show notes. You can just reach out. Everything that we've talked about, just you can click right there. It'll take you directly to what we've talked about. We are always here. Remember, you're in a great profession. There's a lot of great people out there. There's a great community of people willing to help you. So until we see you guys next time, or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy your day.